Use my big girl voice. Mm. Got it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. If you're wondering why I sound really jacked up, it's because I am. Gab, what are you drinking? Water. I've been drinking water for a day and a half. If we had answered this question a couple days ago, we would have properly been two drunk fans. But it's now two days post-NWSL championship, and we're still in recovery. (laughs) We're still in physical and emotional recovery. Physical recovery mode. I think yesterday you and I were both so stiff. If we stopped moving for anywhere from five to ten minutes, you literally, it was like the Tin Man in (laughs) Wizard of Oz where you couldn't move without creaking your joints. You needed the oil. I don't understand how professional athletes do it. Neither do I. I'm drooling now. Gab is currently (laughs) recording this. She's face down on her bed with her head poking over the edge, at like poised above the microphone. I'm sitting nearby, avoiding the drool. So I just didn't want to get out of bed. That's the correct attitude two days out from a championship. Where your team loses. Oh, let's just jump right in. Let's We can't avoid it. The Portland Thorns lost 3 nothing to the North Carolina Courage, but you told me something interesting after the game, which is that after the first five minutes, you kind of felt like, yeah, that's how this is going to go, and you just like settled in. Is that how it went? A little bit. I mean, going into the match, you have to, you have unconditional love for your team, but you also have a brain. And all season, North Carolina has been basically unstoppable. And they've had a few bad matches, but we needed, (laughs) Portland needed Carolina to have a bad match and Portland needed to have the best match and five minutes in that was not the case and unfortunately it didn't get better yeah I think watching that game Portland it was pretty open back and forth for I want to say the first 20 minutes about but then North Carolina just started to wear them down and wear them down and wear them down and you know Jess McDonald was having the game of her life Um, I think defensively North Carolina was much better than Portland Portland's defense had a bad day almost across the board it was a bad day at the office I think Kling tried uh, and was a little more successful than Ellie Carpenter but you know definitely not successful enough Portland was definitely trying to create a lot more on that left side. They wanted to go through Kling and Tobin Heath. They wanted to avoid Jaylene Hinkle, who generally had her area of the field locked down. They spread us really... They spread Portland really long. Yeah, stretched. It was very stretched, and that does not bode well for Portland. We play really well compact. Um, When we can... uh, pass it around and have you know more than three <laughs> passes being completed at a time i think i got counted up to six at one point there were some sequences that were very nice when they were trying to work out of the back through like menges Klingenberg, mm-hmm. heath mm-hmm. and then like all the attacks just died in the final yeah. third the north carolina defense had it unlocked all kemper and ursag were fine um i thought you know, Haran was very limited in what she was able to do. So was Sinclair. Uh, Ellie Carpenter had a bad day. Mm-hmm. 
Ellie Carpenter needed to have one of the best days of her life, and she didn't come close. In the press conference afterwards, Mark Parsons noted, you know, she's young, so she has time to bounce back, which also kind of put me in frame of mind to be like, well, what about your older players for whom Mm -hmm. championships are becoming rarer things? But I didn't it's a little too mean of a question to ask immediately after you've lost. Mm -hmm. I thought Portland did a great job putting on the final. Uh, they are, they've shown before that they can put on a, a great event. So I think the challenge now is other teams stepping up. Orlando did an okay job in terms of logistics, I thought, last season. But of course, the audience was very disappointing. It was under 10,000. It was like mm-hmm. 8,000 something. Mm-hmm. And Portland was a, a full sellout, over mm-hmm. 21,000 people. Uh, and they didn't run out of hot dogs this time. They did not run out of hot dogs. Um, didn't hear a lot of complaints about concessions lines were fucking long but that is our season um i think something that's also interesting about what portland did is um they had already sold thirteen thousand tickets before we even knew that the thorns were going to be playing so this was going to be a match that had a decent attendance number and then the thorns secured the the their spot and the match basically sold out in 24 hours so demand was was really really high for for tickets or that and it's just i think it speaks to not marketing the final as a singular event but how do you market the final throughout the year how do you promote this as something that everybody wants to be at you need a ticket now you need to go um and not saying that Portland was able to do that. I actually don't think I saw a ton of marketing about the match period. But I do think that that was something that was different. Like Orlando just kind of relied on I, – I, it felt like to me Orlando kind of relied on, well, the teams who are playing, they're going to bring fans. And it's like, no, you have to make this like a civic, a civic thing. I think next season we'll probably see the final at Rio Tinto. I think the Royals are going to get it. Um, They probably were a contender for it this year, but my bet is they were like, look, you asked us to pull together a team in like eight weeks. We can't also host a final. That's not going to happen. So thanks, but no thanks. Mm -hmm. So I think next year should be theirs. We'll see if North Carolina tries to angle for like, look, we got – kind of cheated out of a home semifinal to no fault of our own i'm sympathetic to that but it's also a 10,000 seat stadium and nwsl and other investors now seen you can get 21,000 people at a match so why not aim for that again especially a stadium that can handle it like rio tinto why would you leave 10,000 people's worth of ticket sales on the table mm-hmm. totally agree totally agree I'm really looking forward to the final being in Salt Lake. Um, I've been to quite a few national team games there, as well as um, uh, NWSL was was out there for the NWSL match this year. And uh, I think Salt Lake uh, is going to be a good a good host city. But again, I I my dream for for this event is for it to be a marquee event for women's soccer and for fans of women's soccer to go to. And it doesn't have to just be the group that 
the the teams that are in it um and you know that was that was kind of the goal for uh what was going on in portland this weekend is how do we make this something that everybody wants to host wants to do and also um wants to travel to because that that right there is growing the game i think we've got to really start pushing nwcl championship is the best soccer party of the year Mm -hmm. and it is but right now i think part of that is partially because sometimes it's in portland (laughs) they know how to put on an event orlando was fun orlando was fun but for me it was because i went to some events that other groups set up Mm -hmm. not necessarily stuff that the league had done i understand there's probably a little bit of a limit budget wise and maybe the league doesn't want to be too too much seen doing like party events, but it does need to be like, hey, if you don't go to an NWSL championship, you're missing out on a like a once in a lifetime soccer experience. Not just the game, but like the events around the game, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I give a, cr- a lot of credit to supporters groups wherever the host city was in years past because I've never had a bad NWSL championship. I've been to like. Five, I want to say I only missed one. The one in Seattle? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I really hope that everybody gets to experience an interpersonal championship regardless of the city. Uh, because, yes, Portland's great, but the mark of progress will be when it's great no matter who's hosting it. Yeah, and taking, you know, it, it doesn't have to feel like this daunting hurdle this daunting task this money pit it really just is picking out a bar to say here's the bar we're going to bar with capacity for three to five hundred people turn the lights down get the snake juice going banging playlists and then people will make their own good time because they're all there for the same reason exactly okay so that was championship we're we've come and gone with another season season six and I feel good about season seven at least existing, although NWSL may not look like it does right now. Um, Amanda Duffy gave a press conference at Media Day this before, leading up to the final, and she was definitely asked about expansion, and she didn't seem too hype about big expansion happening soon. You know, there was some stuff that made me think that actually contraction could be on the table not definitively i think what she actually said was like she doesn't want contraction to happen but i was like mm, that sounds i don't know i was reading too much into it probably based on my own fears i don't want anybody to take anything factual away from this level of speculation because it's so nebulous um but if you had to bet on a team contracting for next year I don't necessarily know if you'd say it's Sky Blue. That's the obvious candidate. I think there could be issues with Orlando in yep. terms of there were expectations there, and they're not meeting those expectations both in terms of on the field and in the sales booth. Well, I mean, it also isn't a good look to fire your head coach. I'm not sure how much it was a firing rather than t- like a mutual departure. I think everybody knew Sermani was leaving at the end of this season. I think his contract was up, and he was like, he'd let them know, you know, I want to spend time with my family or move on or whatever. So this is the last season. 
it felt a little bit at times like the team knew that too, maybe. Kind of a sort of a not not playing with 100% intensity. One foot out the door. So for you, looking back on this season, what was the highlight, the non-Thorns highlight of the season, Gab? <laughs> and what was the low point? Mm, put me on the spot, huh? I really like how Houston was able to turn turn things around. I feel like Houston has never really reached certain caliber that you would expect for a MLS supported club and uh, I feel like this was a good year for Houston now you know with their coach leaving going back to Europe who knows how that's going to continue but that that was that was nice to see um my low is probably just the shit show that is sky blue and all of the stuff that came to light about the way they treat players, um, what the players have to put up with and what the players are not making a fuss about, which makes me really question the players association and is it effective? Well, we know they're not really a, an actual union yet. Right. They're just kind of a confederation of players who agree that there's a goal and they're trying to get there, but Yaliva Bush is like one woman and they have right. a pro bono lawyer. Right. Uh, I would agree with you. Houston Dash was, it was a good story for the league. Mm -hmm. I know that there have also been complaints about player relationships with Vera Powell. I think if you look at the results on the field, she could have easily stayed for another year if she had wanted to. And I think she did something important as well in that. So when Matt Beard first came to Boston, he said one of his most important jobs was mental and getting the team to believe that they even could win mm -hmm. again. And I think regardless of how the players feel about Vera, they're going to look at the seasons and say, oh, we could have been a playoff team. Mm -hmm. They're Given the resources that we had, we still could have been a playoff team. So going forward, whoever is the coach, they've got a lot of momentum to work with. Mm -hmm. My low point of the season, obviously Sky Blue, you know, doing reporting on that was just a never-ending house of horrors. <laughs> uh, I think the other big low point was Jalen Hinkle and having to deal with that and, you know, processing a lot of the hurt that is still going on because every time – She's on the field. I think fans see, who were hurt by her actions, they see that again, and they're like, she's still here. She, she suffered no consequences. Meanwhile, I'm the one who had to sit in a dark room and question my self-worth all over again. I think, basically, we just need to close the book on Jaylene Hinkle. I don't think she's going to change her mind, and people have the right to boo, especially if they're expressing their own hurt and anger. I'm not going to ever say to anyone, like, you can't express that, but I don't think it really did anything to her to change your mind. So so given that, I, I asked her one final question in the uh, mix zone after the game. I asked her kind of as a follow-up to the article I did in, on media day but I think I was just a little more explicit 
instead of trying to dance around the issue in fear that she would clam up. So I asked her, you drown out the boos of the opposing fans, but I've spoken to some North Carolina Courage fans. If a Courage fan came to you and said the things that transpired this year I found hurtful, would you want to talk to them and understand their point of view on why it hurt them so much to go through that? Um, she had this long pause, and uh, I thought for a moment she was going to leave, like with the North Carolina press officer, but she said, yeah, honestly, I'm always open to talk to everyone. My faith means a lot to me, but obviously at the end of the day, I want to have meaningful relationships with people. I'm not opposed to anybody or not wanting to talk things through, so absolutely I would love to hear and sit down and talk and be open-minded. So, any, you know, any North Carolina Courage fans, if they wanted to set up a round table, it's entirely their prerogative. If you just would rather not ever hear from her again, I think that's valid too. But for me personally, I think that kind of closes the book on this chapter. It's a good time to do it at the end of the season. Um, unless we get new information, I think there's just nothing left to rehash. And hopefully we can all take this off season to look to the future and happier, healthier, more loving things. But the thing is, is like you don't have to accept that as the final answer. No, you don't have to accept it at all. You you don't have to feel content with, oh, well, you know, she's open-minded, so she, you know, this is by no means saying, here's an exoneration. This is... No, it's just for me in terms mm -hmm. of there's no more follow-up questions I can ask her mm -hmm. at yep, this point. Because... You know, this needs to be coming from her, her community, and it can't be people yelling at her. Balls it in her court. Be... It's entirely in mm -hmm. her court. Mm -hmm. We've expressed ourselves as clearly as we can. So, you know, good luck, kid. I hope you take the off season to reflect on what you did. Mm -hmm. Speaking of off season, big coach shakeup. Gabar is gone. Vera Powell is gone. Surprisingly, Denise Reddy is staying on with Sky Blue, which. I don't know how I feel about that. On the one hand, it's like, yeah, there are a lot of forces outside her control. On the other, I don't know. You win one game all season. It's on its face. No one would argue with, okay, we got to try something else. I, I agree. I don't know who else would come in and take that role. Right. Who, who wants to walk into that shit show? Can you imagine getting a call from Sky Blue and then you just Google it real quick, assuming you don't know anything, and the first thing you get, you know, mm -hmm. all this stuff, and you're just like, oh. No, I don't want to tackle that. Okay, I'd rather be a youth club director. I also think Denise just needs a fair shot. Denise Reddy operating under Thorne's conditions is not going to have the same season obviously is Denise op ready operating under the conditions that she got this season well I think any coach is in that situation too yeah it's true mm -hmm. which goes to show you how important it is that there is a level playing field in terms of resources another mm -hmm. thing to agitate about in the off season mm -hmm. they just gotta switch up the GM mm -hmm. that's where they need change is mm -hmm. at the GM level and the ownership needs to listen too because I they're the ones I think with the hiring firing power the mm -hmm. GM and they seem to like the guy and want to keep him around well they're not going to like him when season ticket holders don't renew I appreciate and applaud all the Cloud9 fans who have been willing to say I won't renew my tickets until Tony Noble is gone there's mm -hmm. substantial change mm -hmm. like I you know not every supporters group feels that they can do that with their club so you know I applaud any group that's like we don't give a F we care about like the players and 
you know, having the best possible team and not not being under the, the thumb of our club. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Sermani left. So that's that's three big cats, Orlando, Houston, Washington Spirit. you got to imagine a Spirit job looks a lot better than a Sky Blue job yes. because, theoretically, you'll have a healthy Pew, Lavelle, maybe Sullivan will be better next season. You and LaBelle. I said Pew first. You can't. Surely you looked at Lavelle's performance as she was coming back, and you're like, yeah, she's right to talk about Lavelle. I absolutely did. I just love how you find a way to talk about Lavelle every podcast. Because we're talking about the spirit. You took us there. But we were talking about the off season, <laughs> and they're one of the major things that's going to be changing during the off season. <laughs> Now my voice is getting, like, squeakier because I'm agitated. <laughs> know how to push the buttons. And at the same time, U.S. Soccer is looking for a general manager. They put, like, one million things that they'd like to see from a GM online. It's the silly season. Plus, there's going to be trades. There's always trades. And we have the draft in January in Chicago. And we have World Cup qualifiers in two weeks. Yeah, the season's over, but our suffering is not. <laughs> Uh. You're like dying whale noise, and you are, you're like even in beached position. Right. You're, just like, you're not even engaging your arms, just lying there. I am, I'm just using my head. All right. Everybody, take in fluids, try to get as much sunlight and fresh vegetables as you can. Talk to people. Because it's going to be a long winter as ever. I'm always so relieved in like the first 24 hours after the season's over. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I'm finally like, okay, when's the next season? I don't know if I would say I'm relieved in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, maybe. This is also my first season going through without a team to support. There you go. I have a lot more energy right now than I normally do at the end of a season. Yeah, I'm lethargic. You know, even though it's off-season, Gab and I will be covering all the trades and coaching moves that are sure to happen. Yeah, we'll be a little bit more infrequent in posting, probably. Just because, oh my god, trying to do this every week during the season. Yeah. Sometimes some scheduling challenges. Yeah, but I think we did okay. And we also need to check on our score predictions in the end. (laughs) Neither of us got anything wrong for the final. Nope. You got the right winner. I got the right winner, and I said they'd score three. It's just that Portland didn't also score two. I know. That would have been a little more palatable. Would, would that have been? Yes. Because with 3-0, it's like there's just no way. It was never close. It's kind of like that whole, like, bronze medal winners are fine, but silver medal winners see gold, and then, like, they knew they were just one place off, so it's more psychologically wearing on them. No, you. we needed a goal in the final in the home city. That's true. That's true. Even if it had just still lost, I think yeah. it would have blown the roof off. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Season six in the books. We'll see you probably sooner than both of us would like. Two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. 